angry, 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 angry at arthritis. Welcome to Angry at Arthritis. My name is Steve O'Keefe, and we're talking about osteoarthritis, how to understand this disease, and where are we in the journey to cures. This is the patient's guide to osteoarthritis that I wanted when I received my osteoarthritis diagnosis. Insights from the world's leading osteoarthritis research and clinical experts. Consumer direct to the state of the science as we hunt for cures. So with that said, let me introduce our first official guest on the Angry at Arthritis podcast. I'm joined today by Dr. Jason Kim, who heads osteoarthritis research at the Arthritis Foundation. Born in South Korea and trained as a chemist, Dr. Kim received his Bachelor of Science degree from UCLA, his PhD from UNC Chapel Hill, and completed his postdoctoral training at the US Naval Research Lab in Washington, DC. In fact, right across the river from where I'm sitting right now. As a corporate scientist and executive, Dr. Kim developed healthcare products from concept to commercial launch. Dr. Kim's goal at the Arthritis Foundation is to relieve the burden on arthritis patients through science. His vision for the future of osteoarthritis is to maximize patients' options for treatment, including drugs, regenerative therapies, rehabilitation, and surgical techniques. I have to hand it to you, Jason. Not only did you provide me with uh, pointers to papers and introductions to experts to get smarter about osteoarthritis, but I think you are actually guilty for suggesting that I create this patient-centric podcast so it's all your fault and only seems very generous of you to have signed up as my first guest. So Jason, thank you for your inspiration, your follow-through, and of course, your friendship. So let's get started. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Thanks, Steve, for having me as your first guest. It's an honor. I don't remember that time when I suggested this to you, but I'm really glad you're doing it. And I think you have to be one of the guys that is best suited to do it, especially with how quickly you pick up and learn about the disease. Well, it's easy to learn when you have good teachers. So thank you so much. So Jason, if you could tell us, where do you live and what do you do at the Arthritis Foundation? Yeah, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where the headquarters of the Arthritis Foundation is. I am in charge of the Osteoarthritis Research Program, which is trying to determine and distribute where our funds go to try to solve the disease or try to develop more cures for the disease. What I also do is try to engage the different stakeholders in the community, whether that be patients, professors, and doctors, HCPs, as well as uh, scientists and industry. Terrific. Thank you very much, Jason. So Jason really sits at the crossroads in this marketplace. Anybody that's creating new treatments and drugs goes and briefs Jason, and it sounds like he's something of a checkbook as well, so people are always calling you, I'm sure. That's what gets a lot of interest from folks, but uh, we mostly provide funds to the academics without trying to specifically push our chips in toward any specific company or technology. We're trying to do a well-rounded approach to arthritis. And I think you do. Thank you very much. Let's start with the full one-one on osteoarthritis. Jason, what is osteoarthritis 
And why do only some people get it? Well, I think it's a disease that uh, we're still learning about. That's going to get us to what we're going to be talking about soon in terms of the need for more research, more science, and subsequently more funding to support all of that. We don't know well why it affects some people more than others. It could be metabolic or obesity-related factors. It could be due to joint injury. It's different for the different joints, of course. We're still figuring it out. Some researchers out there have started to decipher some of the phenotypes, but I don't think we're done at all. When you say phenotypes, you're talking about the different categories of patients that suffer with the disease. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So many doctors have described osteoarthritis as a wear and tear disease. Is that true? Maybe thinking from a couple decades ago, I think we know now that it is a degenerative disease that affects the joint, the whole joint. Yes, it's, it's not, as you said, the notion of a cure for osteoarthritis is somewhat quixotic. Because this is many different diseases, we're going to need many different cures, very much in the way that the cancer world has broken down cancer into a series of different forms of disease in order to create effective treatments for it. As you sit at the crossroads of everything osteoarthritis, where are we in terms of progress to a cure, or more accurately, perhaps, cures? Why have so many clinical trials failed? And what can we learn from those failures? I'm not a medical doctor, so this is not medical advice, but I would recommend trying to explore new science and new research innovations out there. I think that's where a podcast like this would be a really great resource to those listening, because I know you're going to have thought leaders and experts that are also great scientists and very ethical on your podcast. Some of the topics that they talk about will be interesting for those out there to think about and think about how they make adjustments in their life. Following up on that, Jason, what could you tell us about new treatments on the horizon? Things like Entech, Cytex, Novartis's LNA-043, Biosplice is in this area. Those treatments are uh, really exciting innovations to continue to watch for, and hopefully they progress well into clinical trials, and eventually the evidence will show that they should be approved and there'll be good treatments. I think that's really exciting. You know, right now, they're not available, and so patients do have to try to do what's right for them to maybe feel healthier, do the things that you were talking about, drop a few pounds, get healthier, go get some vitamin D and just improve your general health overall. It is to stay informed while also staying healthy and active. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I know that we're very excited at Angry at Arthritis to partner with the Arthritis Foundation and yourself, Jason, on that upcoming May 11th program, where we're going to be bringing the leaders from many of these organizations, universities, corporations that are working on these breakthrough cures to talk to the Congress. So we're excited about that opportunity. Yeah, we're excited as well. And uh, thank you for all of the work and energy that you've put in to that meeting. Um, I think it's going to be a special landmark meeting where Congress will hear about not only the trials and tribulations of the OA patient, but some of the progress that's happening. And hopefully Congress can come in and try to give those that are working on the disease some help. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the things that's interesting about that May 11th meeting, and we actually had a briefing call for the speakers just a little while ago, introducing those speakers to one another, because we believe that in the future, it may be a combining cure. So maybe it's BioSplice to reduce inflammation and Entech to replace cartilage or Cytex to replace cartilage. You know, maybe Novartis gets involved in that. But this may well be a situation where you need to create a recipe for each phenotype, each category, where you mix and match the treatments in order to provide something which is precise medicine for the specific patient. Yeah, I think that's a great point because those folks from different companies working with different technologies were meeting each other for the first time. And I don't know if we have an awareness yet that these folks need to really interact together. And that's probably because the ecosystem isn't there yet, that two drugs or two different treatments might help a patient. That ecosystem's not there. And that's where I hope Congress can step in to help develop that ecosystem. It needs a lot of resources. Totally agree. Thank you. Let's talk about treatments that are available today to alleviate symptoms, such as hyaluronic acid, cortisone, steroid injections, and NSAIDs. We will cover these in more detail on subsequent podcasts, but what can you tell us about the effectiveness of these types of treatments? Well, I think most folks with OA are often pointed to NSAIDs first. We know a lot of them. Maybe you're on some whenever you need some help. I do think things like that help a patient get over the hump, maybe. It's not the cure-all that we are hoping for, but maybe it will make your life a little bit more painless that day so that you can get out, have a walk around the block, and get some sunshine, and make changes to your life that'll set you up for more success in the future. And I think uh, hyaluronic acid and corticosteroids can also be you know, a little bit of a bump to help um, somebody hopefully get on the right track. Yeah, I think staying active, of course, is so important in terms of weight gain and quality of life, mindset in terms of how you feel. But as we're looking at this, especially for younger patients who are looking for a way to return to function, obviously these are palliative rather than restorative treatments, so we need other options. So as far as joint replacements go, they're a great solution for, I think, hips are better than knees in terms of endurance, so they last longer. Looking at joint replacements, why are they not a great fit for all patients? That really points to like something like joint replacements that are not a perfect treatment, but it's better than starting from ground zero. At least you know if you were possibly a couple decades older and you needed a new knee or hip, you might feel pretty comfortable getting that surgery. But like you also said, the outcomes for elbows aren't as good, for the small joints aren't as good. Surgery is not perfect either, but at least it is one tool in the toolbox. I think the longevity of those prosthetics is absolutely one of the first things that a lot of folks think about, and also why it might not be indicated for you if you're on the younger end of the spectrum, because you might need to replace your replacement or revise your replacement. There needs to be development there as well in terms of the science and research of the joint replacement to try to extend their life and make them functional for longer. 
Yeah, I think the folks at Sparta, and we'll interview Ben Wiley from Sparta Biotech on an upcoming podcast, are doing some really interesting work in terms of these bionics, as I call them. You know, at 56, there aren't too many things that I'm on the young end of the spectrum for, so I guess they should be flattered. Thank you, Jason. So as we close up here, I'm going to ask you a double-barreled question. What do you see as the biggest challenges? And importantly, what do you see as the biggest opportunities as we wrestle for a cure to osteoarthritis? So I think it is getting people to take the disease seriously and understanding maybe our our future as uh, humans, as an aging population, and the need to think about being healthy and functional for a lot longer. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, somebody like yourself would be totally okay with a joint replacement. But now you're probably thinking that you're going to live till 100, 100 plus, right? And so that's when longevity does become a problem. As more of us get to the place that you are at, I think more of us are going to start to think that, oh, I'm not ready for major surgery, especially not when at best you get 30 years on a knee. You want to be able to look out a lot longer. Being able to take this disease seriously will open up a lot of doors and opportunities for science, and then hopefully back to the patients for new treatments and therapies. Yeah, I'm hearing that as far as knees go, you're probably looking more like 10 to 15 years if you really use it. It depends on who you ask. I've heard as long as 30 and also as short as 10. And also there are some people that don't do so great with it if they have a complicated problem. Yeah, knees are are the best case scenario and it's a lot worse for the other joints. So with that, I'd like to say thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for the partnership. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the information. Thank you for the inspiration. And I look forward to seeing you on May the 11th when we bring together those leaders in science, research, and clinical to talk about the emerging cures in osteoarthritis to the US Congress and the national media, as well as the American public. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Steve. And uh, I think what you're doing is really important, this podcast, but also the other activities like uh, the Hill Briefing at Congress. I think you're one of the best people to do it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're out there. Glad to have you as a friend as well. Uh, You're very good. If you'd like to make a contribution to support the emerging osteoarthritis cures, you can do that on our website. Just click the donate button. Angry at Arthritis is your platform to take action to end this disease. You don't have to be a Rockefeller. A $5 contribution here or there certainly adds up. Let's not get angry at arthritis. Let's get even.